Hello, and welcome to the Upgrade the World podcast. I'm your host, Josh, and in this episode, we'll be talking about Bitcoin. On October 31st, 2008, Satoshi Nakamoto published a white paper on a cryptography mailing list describing a digital cryptocurrency titled Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. On January 9th, 2009, Nakamoto released version 0.1 of the Bitcoin software and launched the Bitcoin network by defining the genesis block of Bitcoin. Satoshi Nakamoto is presumed to be an alias to protect the identity of the person or group of people who designed Bitcoin, the world's first decentralized cryptocurrency. If you're new to all this, the word cryptocurrency refers to a group of digital assets where transactions are secured and verified using cryptography. To best understand how Bitcoin works, it's helpful to think of Bitcoin being made up of three parts, the Bitcoin blockchain, the Bitcoin network, and the Bitcoin cryptocurrency. Let's review each part, starting with the blockchain. The Bitcoin blockchain is the decentralized ledger where Bitcoin is created, distributed, traded, and stored. The Bitcoin blockchain is public, so anyone with an internet connection can join and transact or view transactions on the blockchain. Although the ledger is public, a level of privacy is achieved by keeping the public keys that are recorded with each transaction anonymous. While anyone can view any of the transactions, a new key pair is used for each transaction to prevent linking transactions to a common owner. A block is a data structure that aggregates transactions for inclusion in the blockchain. The data included contains the block header, a transaction count, and the actual transactions, which make up the bulk of the block size. A block header is made up of three sets of block metadata. The first set contains the previous block's hash, which links a block to the previous block in the blockchain. The second set of metadata support Bitcoin mining and include the difficulty, timestamp, and the nonce, which is continuously changed while mining until a valid block hash is found. The last piece of metadata is the Merkle tree root hash, which is used to summarize all of the transactions in the block. If any of the transactions in the block were removed, changed, or reordered, the Merkle root hash would change. Proof of work is the Bitcoin blockchain's consensus mechanism for validating all transactions and securing the network. Now, let's take a look at the Bitcoin network. Bitcoin uses a peer-to-peer network, or interconnected computing devices or nodes that can function as either a server or a client, eliminating the need for a centralized server. Nodes come in three main flavors, light nodes, full nodes, and mining nodes. Light or lightweight nodes are used as wallets and only download the needed data from processed transactions, including the block header, the mining time, and the nonce. Using what the white paper calls simplified payment verification, Light nodes are able to verify a transaction is valid without downloading the whole transaction, but rather by linking it to a place in the blockchain which confirms that a full node accepted the transaction at some point. Full nodes get their name because they must download all transactions that were ever executed, all new transactions, and all block headers while storing data on every unspent transaction output until it gets spent. Full nodes verify that all of the Bitcoin protocol rules are followed, verifying things such as the data format and ensuring that transactions cannot be double spent. 
any transaction or block that violates the rules gets rejected. Mining nodes are full nodes that assemble recently broadcast transactions into a block. Mining nodes compete to be the first to solve the proof of work, which is a piece of data that is difficult to produce but can be easily verified after having been produced. A miner must find a valid proof-of-work hash for the block header they are hashing before they can create a new block. The block header contains a field called bits, which is the target number the hash must be less than to be considered valid. Once a miner solves a proof-of-work, the miner broadcasts it to the other miners who verify the transactions in the block and the proof-of-work are valid. Once the validity is confirmed, the miners move on to hashing a new block header, using the hash of the accepted block as the previous hash. The target adjusts, so on average it takes about 10 minutes for the entire network to find a valid proof of work, which ensures a steady, predictable issuance of new Bitcoin. Up until 2010, a consumer-level CPU could be used to mine Bitcoin, but they are no longer capable of solving proof of work as the Bitcoin network has greatly expanded. Today's miners invest capital into specialized hashing hardware and the associated electricity costs that come with trying to solve as many proof-of-work problems as quickly as possible. So why would anyone want to mine Bitcoin? The first transaction in every block, known as the Coinbase transaction, is a special transaction which pays Bitcoin to the miner. For the first 210,000 blocks that were ever mined, Miners were paid 50 Bitcoin per valid proof-of-work. To reduce the supply of Bitcoin over time, the block rewards are halved every 210,000 blocks, or about four years. As we are currently in the third halving, today's miners receive 6.25 Bitcoin per block. Next year, in 2024, the fourth of 32 total halving cycles will take place and the block reward will further reduce to 3.125 Bitcoin. In addition to the mining fee, miners receive the transaction fees for all transactions in the block when they solve the proof of work, which will help maintain a financial incentive to continue supporting the network after all Bitcoin have been mined. Now let's look at Bitcoin as the cryptocurrency. One of the unique features of Bitcoin is the Bitcoin supply is capped at 21 million Bitcoin. Each Bitcoin is made up of smaller units called Satoshis. One Bitcoin is equal to 100 million Satoshis, or SATs for short. Bitcoin can be purchased from various cryptocurrency exchanges, and once you purchase Bitcoin, your Bitcoin ownership is safely recorded, stored, validated, and encrypted on the blockchain. One key thing to understand is that one does not store their Bitcoin in a crypto wallet, but rather the private key needed to access the Bitcoin on the blockchain. Now that we've discussed how the Bitcoin blockchain, network, and cryptocurrency work, let's examine where Bitcoin is today, nearly 14 years after Bitcoin was introduced to the world. Out of the over 22,000 cryptocurrencies that have come into existence after the introduction of Bitcoin, Bitcoin has the highest market capitalization at $607 billion. Although originally presented as a payment system in the Bitcoin white paper, it has seen limited success as a payment system. This is mainly because Bitcoin is too slow and expensive when compared to traditional payment processors. However, Bitcoin has been viewed as a sort of digital gold or store of value, 
in part over speculation of Bitcoin's future use cases. Bitcoin's history as a store of value has been volatile, and it has gone through several boom and bust cycles since inception. But when you zoom out, the long-term trend is upward. At the time this episode was recorded, Bitcoin was trading at $30,828, down 45% from its all-time high of $68,789, but valued considerably higher than where Bitcoin started in 2009, when it was valued at fractions of a penny. Currently, over 92% of the total supply of Bitcoin has been mined, with 19,411,818.75 Bitcoin in existence and 1,588,181.3 Bitcoin left to be mined. All Bitcoin will be mined and in circulation by the year 2140. With the Lightning Network being built on top of the Bitcoin blockchain, allowing instant high-volume micropayments, countries like El Salvador making Bitcoin legal tender, and BlackRock, the world's biggest asset manager, filing with the SEC to offer a Bitcoin exchange-traded fund, there's clearly more to play out, but the future looks bright for Bitcoin. I hope this episode serves as a good primer on Bitcoin. There's a lot more to unpack here, and I'll be covering more Bitcoin-related topics in future episodes. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep upgrading.